But we're launching this month uh, the topic or theme for September, and it's called The Heart of the Matter. The Heart of the Matter. Uh, or if I was to put it another way, is The Heart Does Matter. And we're going to be speaking around issues of the heart this month because the Bible tells us that out of, out of the heart, your life flows. Your whole life, the, the limitations on our life are not what's happening to us externally, they're actually what's going on in our heart on the inside. And we're going to be talking around this topic over the next month. I know it's going to be powerful. I know that transformation happens from God as He, as He comes and He heals our heart and releases the wounds of our heart and keeps going deeper and deeper. He, He, he I find that God heals us progressively in layers. And if you've seen Shrek, you know that the true biblical thought is that ogres are like onions and you and I are like onions and we have layers that God likes to peel back. And just as those layers of onions get peeled back and sometimes there's a few tears, tears are okay. Tears are okay. And so, so that means that God's bringing healing. And all of us are on a journey to complete healing that will be completed the moment we meet the Lord when we get to heaven will be the ultimate moment of complete healing. So it's a lifetime of embracing healing. And so this month's theme uh, is the heart of the matter. And today I want to really speak about uh, one thought around Father's Day, and it's the, the Father's blessing. The Father's blessing. And I, I'm believing this morning that God's power is going to be strong and present. And even in Father's Day, we're not having a token Father's Day service. To, to say, dads, you're awesome and let's go eat hamburgers, although that'll be awesome after the fast, let's be honest. Okay, we've had a 10-day fast this week that just finished, and so food, food, is, food is good. Come on, someone, someone turn to your neighbor and say, food is good. Blessed by God. All right, so, but we're not just here to have the food. We're actually here to meet with God and to experience His touch in our hearts today. And I know that through this service, the Holy Spirit showed me He's going to powerfully touch people in this service today. All right. So I want to start by talking about, uh, biblically, what is the role of a dad? I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I've written down 10 things that I understand biblically that the way God in heaven has created dads and the important role and part of dads are these things. And, and I'll just go through them quite quickly. The, the first one is it was the father's responsibility in Jewish culture, according to God, to name the child. It was the responsibility of dad to name the child. This is why when John the Baptist was born, his father was mute. And finally, they, he went in and he met with God and he came out and they, and he, they said, what, what are you going to call him? What's his name? And he said his name is John. And it was a deviation from the family names that they'd normally use. And I said, are you sure? This is why God came to Joseph and said, you shall call him Jesus. Because the father was to call the son a, a particular name that would be a prophetic declaration over the death destiny of that child. It would, be, it would have a specific meaning, that, that name of the child. It was a part of the Jewish tradition. And from that, I take that in our culture, that's not so much the thing, but I want to say that the role of the dad is to continuously prophetically speak over the lives of our children so that we're speaking the future into our children and building them up. It's the role of a dad. Okay. The next one is to pray over our children continuously, to be the gatekeeper of the home for the protection of God 
God to be on our children, for God's favor, for God's blessing. Now, here's the thing. Even when your children grow up, you, don't, you never stop being a dad. And so you're always praying for them. Uh, the third thing is uh, that dads, particularly until they leave, they leave home or they, they come of age, we're the providers. There's a biblical responsibility on dads to provide provision for our families. And, and, you know, salute to all the dads who work two jobs, who travel away or work jobs that they don't like doing, but you, because it's because you take the responsibility of being a provider seriously. Can I just say well done to all the dads who are great providers? We're to be protectors of our families. That, that's not just from spiders. Okay, that's, although that apparently is quite an important role. Uh, one of my roles as a dad is we've got a cat called Molly who's a, who's a ferocious hunter. And I would say at least once a week, sometimes two, sometimes three, at three in the morning, four in the morning, she'll come inside with this terrible howl, which is saying, come and look at me, dad, I've caught something, aren't I awesome? And luckily in my house, I get up because it's, it's quite often I'll get up and there's a bird scattered all, all over the floor. There's blood everywhere. And I get up first and I have to flip and clean up the bird and the feathers and wipe, wipe the floor down. That's just part of being dad, okay? Once, once uh, Molly bought in a, a dead rat from the neighbor's chook pen and brought it inside. Uh, this was the middle of the night. I uh, know the middle, like it was nighttime. We were, we were sitting around as a family. I went over, grabbed the shovel and picked up the rat. Uh, and, and Gemma and Dan are there. And I picked up the rat to take it outside. Only it wasn't dead and it came to life. Jumped off the shovel and started running around. Luckily, I was brought up on a farm and I had a shovel and I knew what to do in a moment like that. Because dads are protectors. We're protectors if there's someone comes to the door to get our family. Dads, we go first. We're the leaders of our home, but that means we're the first to die. It's because we lay down our lives for our family. That's protection. The next one is, dads, we're, our role is to be instructors, to instruct our children in the ways of God. That's why the Proverbs tells sons, my son, do not forsake the instruction of your father. Where one of our big roles, dads, is ultimately to bring our children up so that they get to know their heavenly father and they get to know God and out of their relationship with us, they'll know God the way God is, his voice, they'll learn to hear him and they'll know his ways and learn to follow his ways. They'll know how to, how to do all sorts of things in life, how to treat women, how to work hard, the values of the Bible come through the father to the children. We're to, to instruct our children. Uh, dads, we're responsible for discipline. Uh, if you're like me growing up, uh, you may have gone through a few wooden spoons on your backside uh, from both your father and your mother. Fortunately, I was actually more afraid of my mother when it came to getting smacked than my father. That's, that's just the way it was. Uh, that sometimes I'd be sent to my room, you're going you're to be disciplined when your father gets home. And then my mum would just go, no, I'm sick of this. I'll just do it now. I'm like, oh, can I just wait till dad comes, please? <laughs> Uh, discipline, training. But dads, we're here as training. One of my fa favorite terms, and my boys uh, call me coach because that's, I just tell them, I'm your coach. I'm here. I'm not actually here primarily while you're a, a kid and a teenager to be your best friend. I'm here to be your coach. And then as they grow and learn, uh, then that friendship develops uh, as they come into their late teens and are growing up, and now they become my best friends as well. But the, the coach is a great privilege to instruct and, and train. It was the way in biblical times that the dad would often literally train their sons in the family trade, in the family business. And so most, in, in Old Testament or in Bible times, you didn't, have a, you didn't have a last name, you were just son of. 
So it was like Simon, Bar Jonah, Bar meant son of, son of Jonah. And so I would be John, son of Bill. That would be, that would be my name. A dad's role is to continuously affirm their children, to speak life and encouragement over, over our children. A dad's role is to play with our children. And when they're little, that means dads get down on our knees and rough and tumble on the floor. Then as they grow up, it becomes all sorts of fun, competitive things that apparently you're supposed to let them win, but I, I missed that memo. Uh, I'm not sure. This is a little competitive gene that just kicked in for me. Uh, uh, but you, you play, or you, whether it's boxing, whatever. Da- dads in playing are supposed to encourage their children to take risks. If you go to the park and mum's pushing their child little safe pushes, and then dad's right beside going, hey, I know they're only 18 months, but this is good for them. Dads take risks. So when, when someone gets hurt, they come back to mom, this is a stereotype, but it's normally how it works, and she's like, oh, are you okay? Rub it off, oh, and dad's like, hey, hey, that's awesome. You, you ran into a wall on your skateboard? Good job. Well done. That's, that's dads, because we're building toughness and, and strength and risk-taking. We want our kids to take risks. That's the nature of dads. Your heavenly father wants you to take some risks. Can I just tell you, by the way? All right, dads, as part of playing your role is to make them joke, to make them laugh. That's what we do. That's the, our gift to our children. Dad jokes, I can't believe that video we played. I can't think any child is scarred, only helped by dad jokes, only released by dad jokes. It's our gift, isn't it, dads? That's what we do. I've even got a couple for you this morning. Just a couple for you this morning. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of, of what, what was the most groundbreaking invention ever made, the shovel. Thank you very much, Jacob. I'll be here all day. That's awesome. <laughs> come on, come on. Uh, okay, just, just one more for you. I, I, I went to an Italian restaurant. The food was okay, and then I met the owner. He was Greek. He was an impasta. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All day, baby. All day, all day. Anyway, we're here to make our kids uh, laugh, whatever works for you. I, I do bad raps. That helps me in my family make my kids laugh. It's, it's just a gift. Whatever your gift is, Dad, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Bring it to the table and make your family laugh. And then the, the, one of the key things, in addition to affirmation and naming that a father would do in Bible times, was they would actually bring a deathbed blessing. And on their deathbed, the, the sons and the daughters would come to the father and he would lay hands on his children and he would prophesy over them and he would bless them in the name of God. And there was something very powerful about the father's blessing over his children, something very powerful about the father's blessing. And as I read that, uh, that like, description of fathers this morning, I think, I think often, uh, I love the moment because as a dad, I, I, I go to weddings and often I, I used to conduct weddings a fair bit. And one of my favorite poignant moments in the ceremony is that moment when dad walks his daughter down the aisle. And he's been responsible for all of these things for his daughter up until this particular moment. Provision, protection, prayer. And some of these things won't stop. But primarily what's happening in this moment when, the, when the, the minister says, who gives this woman to this man? And he pulls the veil back and he kisses her on the cheek and he, and he looks at the guy either with a death stare or a big smile or one dad actually uh, threatened to bring a shotgun to that particular moment, said, you better treat her right. But he looks at, at the guy and he kisses his daughter. And in this moment, a spiritual transaction takes place where a father says, I've been responsible to protect 
to provide, to affirm, to love. I've been responsible to do all these things for my daughter. And now I'm transitioning. I will still pray for her. But when you need a loan, don't come running to me because you're now her. You're going to be the provider. You're going to be the protector. You're going to be the affirmer. There's something powerful about that transition moment of a, a daughter to a new husband in, in their life. It's powerful. I love it. It's holy and it's sacred. Now, as I read that list out of what the, a father's role is, it's not comprehensive, but they're the, the very biblical truths. Uh, dads, you might feel a little bit like me. Uh, I've got gaps or regrets. Or I wish I'd done more of those things. And the reason of, of, of reading that out today is not to make us feel guilty because all of us have got gaps. There's no such thing as a perfect father. Uh, you'll find often the enemy will try and bring and put guilt on you about your gaps. Or, or maybe you've grown up and you look back with regret on your childhood. Uh, the, the thing I want to say, two things I want to say. Number one is it's okay. We've all got gaps in our fathering. That's why we need a heavenly father. That's why we need to point our children to our Heavenly Father. Don't live under guilt or condemnation. The other thing I want to say is it's not too late. Even if you're 50 or 60 or 70, or if you're 30 or your kid, wherever your kids are, it's not too late to begin to make the changes that are necessary to begin to fill the gaps with the help of your Heavenly Father to fulfill that role. I, uh, I want to talk a little bit about my dad. I, I was blessed to have a, a wonderful dad. Uh, I've got a photo of my dad here uh, at my 21st, okay? That's my dad at my 21st. Uh, he, he affirmed me at my 21st. He always affirmed me. My dad uh, was a very humble man. Everyone who knew him knew he was just a very humble person. He was a very gentle man. He had just a true gentle spirit. He, had, he was deeply respected. When uh, I was in a church of about 800 people that went through a massive trauma, and then there was an opportunity for the congregation to elect elders who they would feel safe with. And my dad had never been an elder in, in th that particular church for 10 years or so. Uh, but he was the one voted in with the highest amount of votes because people felt safe about my dad. Uh, he, he, he was always present. I grew up on a farm, so my dad, I'd just get home from school and somewhere he would be there and I could go and find him. Uh, he, he was a man of God. He sought God. He loved God. I've got a number of enduring memories of my dad. One is him getting over the fence from our house to go and milk the cows. I grew up on a dairy farm and then ought to go and look after the cows on a beef farm. Seeing my dad driving a tractor or letting me drive a tractor around the farm. I, say, I remember one look of absolute terror on his face when I thought going down a hill the way to stop the tractor and he was on the trailer was to put the clutch in. I didn't realize that's what the brake was for. I put the clutch in. We took off absolutely crazy. My dad's on the back. Like, ah, not panicking too much. But then I realized I took the clutch off and we all got saved. It was all good. My dad, he, he was gentle. He was firm. He instructed me in the ways of God. Uh, I, I've got other memories I would have of my dad as waking up uh, as a teenager in Toowoomba when he was retired. And at whatever time of the morning, my dad would be first up. He'd have his feet in the bottom of a wood stove oven in the bread warmer section, keeping his feet warm because he, he was a frog, he called himself. He, just, he loved the hot. He hated the cold. And we lived in Victoria. Go, go figure. I don't know. But so he'd literally have his feet in the bread warmer in the wood fire oven and he'd have his green living Bible open and he'd be seeking God in the morning and praying for our family. My dad was a, a great dad. I'm going to get through this. <coughs> um, <laughs> don't... don't <laughs> Yeah. Um, my dad, yeah, okay, he was warm. He would talk to everybody. 
my dad. So when, we, when he retired from the farm and he took us to Toowoomba, um, literally this, uh, a walk down the street with my dad would look like this. Hey, how you going? G'day. Hey, like he's off the farm. You said hello to everybody. You drive down the street and the one finger wave to everyone. Hey? It's just the way he was. We would, we would always be late going, we would always be like, where's dad? And he's talking to someone. He's just talking to someone. He's encouraging someone, a great gift of encouragement. I can see him on the, I can see him in our house on the, the old school phone with the, 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 um, the cord on a chair making his phone calls to um, farmers in the country who were Christians and doing it tough. And my dad would just pray for them and he would ring them up and he would encourage them. Uh, that was just his nature as an encourager and a gentle man. I'm, I'm a blessed guy because of my father. And now, the, the only challenge I had for me was one gap for my dad. And like I said, there, every dad has gaps. Every dad has gaps. Now, some of your, you, you might be sitting there going, my dad didn't have gaps. It was just crap. Uh, it was just terrible. And we're going to get to that. Okay, we're going to get to that. But my dad's uh, gap was that, that he just was of a generation that didn't really verbally affirm. So he grew up that way and, and just that was normal. He was 53 or 4 when I was born. There's hope for some of you guys out there right now to go again. Come on. Your grandkids and your kids could play together so happily. Anyway, he was about 54 when I was born, and my mum was 42. He'd been a missionary uh, in the Northern Territory. And so, so it, was, it wasn't unusual for me to go to school and to have kids um, say to me, oh, it's great that your grandparents could come and watch you today. I'm like, uh, that's actually my parents. Awkward moment. But anyway, um, but, but it, so I never heard the words, I love you. It wasn't, I, 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 I really... It was, it was just a game. I never heard I love you, never had verbal affirmation, never had a lot of confidence or courage put into me. So when I hit teenage years and started encountering some bullying, that really left me vulnerable. I didn't have the confidence in my soul from the affirmation of a father. So, so part of my journey, when I turned about 19 or 20, I, I started to hear the importance of saying I love you in your family, the importance of, of verbal affirmation. So I made a decision. Uh, that hasn't been done for me, but I'm going to start to do it for my dad. I'm going to start to turn it around. Uh, so can I just say for those of you today, dads, if you realize you've had a gap and you maybe need to start to making some changes, it's not too late. Just do it awkward. Okay? Just do it awkward. Now, you, you may need to ask for some forgiveness and repentance and warm up towards it, but it's okay to do it awkward. So I just started to look for little moments where I could go, I love you. And it was awkward. He never really responded back too much. I knew he did. He was a physical touch guy, which is the best thing in the world because I'm a physical touch guy. So my dad would hug me lots. So there was never any doubt for me that I was loved. That wasn't an issue. But it's just this little gap. So I began to work on it. I began to look for moments. I'd take my dad for a drive as he aged and look for moments to, to say, uh, to, just to stop and to look at him and to say things to his face that I loved about him. Because it wasn't the way we worked, but I wanted to turn it around. And so, oh, this is going to get messy. <laughs> um, so, so uh, that, we worked on that. And then uh, he lived in Victoria in his last probably five years of his life. And I'd become a pastor. And he was thrilled. 
that um, I'd become a pastor, that was a, just a great joy to them, that we're, you know, both my brother and I are on different tracks, but they're both really proud of both of us. And so, so I would ring him every Tuesday night on the way to the prayer meeting. We used to have a weekly prayer meeting or the way home, and I just made it my normal routine to ring and give a little update about the miracles that had happened or the people who got saved or the good thing God was doing. And he'd always just say, I'm so thrilled, I'm so thrilled. And, and he'd always finish the, the phone call with, bless you. So I knew, that's, in my mind, that became code for I love you. I'm like, I'm taking that. That's I love you. That's, that, that I know he loves me, but I'm just taking that for code. So I had the, the privilege when my dad passed away, I, uh, I got to be there. And I knew the power of the, the, the biblical power of a deathbed blessing. And so I, uh, I went down to Victoria and he, was, he, he died at 89. And uh, I went with him and I, I, read, I read a psalm to him. I, stood, I was beside his bed for a while and he was with it and he came to. Uh, I read a psalm 112, um, which is a psalm about how blessed is the man who fears the Lord. His children will be mighty in the land. And I just read this psalm to him. <clears throat> and I asked him, oh gosh, I asked him to pray for me and because I wanted him to bless me. <sighs> and he did. And, <laughs> and he prayed, um, and I remember it, I remember it vividly, because there's something powerful in a father's blessing. I remember his hugs, I remember his hugs for years, and he, and he just, the phrase I remember is he said, God, I thank you for the privilege <laughs> of being John's father, and prayed blessing, and it was awesome, and the next day, he went to be with Jesus. <sighs> Turn to your neighbor and say, it's okay to cry. <laughs> ah, And I'm, I'm so glad that God gave me the opportunity to add a dimension to our relationship that had been missing really over the last 10 years or so of our life. It enriched my life and God I was able to come and do some work in my heart because of the gaps that were there and God has been able to come and fill them. Uh, I forgave him even though it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like I need it. It's just for me, for my sake. I never needed to say I forgive you to him. I just for my sake, I needed to not hold that against him and, and let God work into my heart. And, and then I, I, I learned this. What happened and helped me in that kind of 10-year journey is I learned that when Jesus, God's son, came to earth, when he got water baptized, the Bible tells us in this moment he got, when he got water baptized that, that a voice came from heaven. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove on him. And, and then a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. A father's blessing. I think we've got the message version there, guys. If you, if you could put that up for me, because I'd like to read that. The moment Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened up and he saw God's spirit looked like a dove descending and landing on him. And along with the Spirit came a voice. This is the Father's blessing. This is my Son, chosen and marked by my love, the delight of my life. And it makes me think this. If Jesus needed his Father to say those words over him publicly and to bless him, how much more does every one of us need to hear the blessing of our Father? 
And I know as I'm saying this, that there'll be many people here who didn't have the privilege of having a, a wonderful dad like I had. And you're, you know, when I go through that list, you're like, my dad didn't do any of that. And Father's Day brings a lot of mixed emotions. Some of you are dads and you've you're made your decision that you're not, you're going to, everything your dad wasn't, you're going to be. That's cool. That's awesome. But then underneath it, there's pain. And God doesn't want us just to gloss over pain. He doesn't want us just to build our lives with strength almost to prove dad wrong. He doesn't want us to have a hardness in our heart that, that from the wound or the father wound, and we've all got some sort of father wound, some are deeper than others. He doesn't want us to live almost in with a, either an aggressive or a deflated way. Whether your father was harsh, critical, made fun of you, whether he was abusive, whether he had unrealistic expectations that you felt you could never live up to, whether he was just absent, whether he abandoned you, whether he was like a drill sergeant and your dad who was in the army and he brought that same style home to his father and it drove his kids way away from him because home's not the army. Whether your dad had an affair and it's written on your heart, I can't trust men. Whether your dad just didn't give you affirmation, whether he rejected you, whether he favored somebody else, whatever, whatever it is, whether he didn't provide for you, whether he didn't protect you, when he didn't stand up for you, when he should have stood up for you, when he didn't train, discipline you or train you or believe in you, whatever it is, that whatever that is written on your heart, today I want to tell you about your heavenly father. I'm just going to get a keyboard to start right now. I want to tell you about your heavenly father. Your heavenly father loves you. I want us to look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. This is, the, this is the miracle of what Jesus has come and done for us. And this is what it says. Because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son, Jesus, into our hearts. It's about the heart of the matter. He's, he sent His Son, the Spirit, into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Okay, now when that word Abba, I'm not talking Mamma Mia. I'm not talking dancing queen. The word Abba was the Bible word daddy, dad, papa. No one in the history of the world had ever dared to call God dad. When Jesus came and he, and he talked to God and called him dad, that's actually why they crucified him wasn't because of the miracles, wasn't because of his teaching. He claimed to be a son of God. And that's what infuriated them. They didn't understand that our heavenly father is our papa, our dad, our Abba father. They didn't understand it. And Jesus came to show us what God's truly like. All those things I read out, the one who names you and gives you a destiny that's your heavenly dad the one who prays for you jesus intercedes for you daily 
that life will go well for you. That's your heavenly dad. He's your provider, Jehovah Jireh. That's your heavenly dad. He's your protector. He, he sends angels to watch over you. That's your heavenly dad. He's your instructor. That's why he wrote the word. That's why he gives us the Holy Spirit, your heavenly dad. He will discipline us when we get off track. That's the heavenly dad. He'll train us in the way we should go. He affirms us. Your father in heaven, you might never have had it from your earthly dad, but your father in heaven will affirm you, love you, pour out on you. He'll make you laugh because he's got a great sense of humor. He loves playfulness, not just serious religion. He wants to give you his blessing. He arranged a deathbed, a deathbed blessing by letting his son die. And when Jesus died at the cross, it was so that all the pain and all the curse and all the things locked up in our heart could be exchanged and Jesus took it to the cross so that we can give all of that pain to him and he can exchange it for a blessing. And this morning in a moment, I'm going to do two things. Firstly, you might be here this morning and you've, you've never connected to God. So often I find people who've had a bad father experience struggle with the idea of who God is and how much he loves them. Can I say today God wants to rewrite what's written on your heart about who he is as a father, what a father really should be. Don't, because if you've had a bad father experience, don't write off God. He is so different. He's perfect and he loves you. And so in a moment, I want to give you the opportunity. If you've never actually made God your father, and the, the way you do that is accepting Christ. When he died, it was to give us the deathbed blessing. It was to bless us. And then he rose from the dead. It was for the forgiveness of our sins so we could know God as our dad in heaven. A loving father. In a moment, I'm going to give an opportunity, if that's you, to say, yes, I want that. I want the connection with God. I need my heart healed. Often the pain and difficult and trauma of our life is coming out of the pain that's buried in our heart and God wants to come. And it says this about Jesus, that he came to heal the brokenhearted. He wants to bring healing today. The second thing I'm going to do after we pray is, is uh, and I'm going to ask someone to go and grab my boys. I think they've gone to get the coffee cart going, but I just, I'm, I'm going to need them for this moment. Someone's going, you're good. Someone's going. Um, I've asked our pastoral team, our pastor's guys in a moment. The Holy Spirit spoke to me about this earlier this week. I'm going to ask them to come and stand up the front at the end of this service. We're going to sing a song, Good, Good Father. And you might be here today and God's speaking to your heart. And as he speaks to your heart, you can feel some pain coming up. And rather than praying for people today, I just I want our pastoral team to just be available for free hugs. Not just free hugs, but father hugs. Because there's something about the hug of a father that maybe you've never had. Maybe there's some pain that's coming up inside of you and I've asked our guys very soon to just be available for this. Now here's the crazy thing. I was at a conference in Taipei this week and the guy did just this. I already knew we were going to do it. And six and a half thousand Taiwanese stood up and they heard a message very similar to this about the Father God and how much He loves us and how much He wants to heal us. 
And the atmosphere of the presence of God, and I'm going to get the full band to come up. The atmosphere of the presence of God, uh, we, the, the team who were there got asked us to go around giving people hugs. And in the presence of God, in a moment, I began to move, and people started to weep, and the Spirit of God came into the place, and I began to move around, and, and I just, and as I hugged people, people literally would scream and get delivered. Just hugging them. In a moment, it's just like the Spirit of God came on them and rejection and abandonment and, and torment and abuse and pain and shame, just bam, it went. One guy, as I hugged him, he would have been 65. I know I couldn't speak the language, so no one could tell me what was going on. But he hugged me and he hugged me so tight, so tight for about 10 minutes and he sobbed and he rocked. And he screamed. God was delivering him of something that was deep inside of his heart. I saw the power of the father's hug. I just, in that moment, I just imagined he was my son. It was easy. I imagined that I hugged some girls. And I just imagined that they were my daughter. That the blessing of God was coming upon them. And, and there was screaming, people falling over, people weeping. But something pure and beautiful happened in that moment. And we're going to do that together in a few moments. So the first thing, just with every eye closed, that I want to give the opportunity for right now, is if you've never actually received God's Spirit, if you've never been adopted into His family, our Heavenly Father, the perfect, holy, kind, gentle, generous, providing God, then that's what He sent Jesus to do, to die on a cross for our sin and our pain. And I would love you in a moment. I'm going to get you to raise your hand if you're saying, John, today, I want to know God like that. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to be cleansed. I want healing in my heart. I want to know God. Maybe you've been a follower of God, but you've turned away from God. And today, whatever age you are, whatever stage of life, today is your day to come back and get right with God. In a moment, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray with you as you say yes to God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just not sure if you're going to spend eternity with Him in heaven. There's, an un, there's a, no clarity in your heart if that's going to happen, no assurance. Would you raise your hand as well because I'd love to pray with you. Right now, if that's you and you're saying, John, today I need God in my life. I know something's missing. I want to give my heart to Christ. I, I want to be forgiven. And I want to know God, that God you're talking about. I want Him to come and live in my heart. If that's you right now, or you're coming back to God, or you want to be sure you're going to heaven, would you just raise your hand right now and say, John, that's me. John, I need God in my heart. I need God in my life, wherever you are. Would you just raise it up high? You'll feel like there's a tug on your heart. God's touching your heart this morning. Today's your day to get right with Him. And if that's you, would you raise your hand and say, John, I'm surrendering today. I'm surrendering to the Father's love. Thank you. I see your hand. That's so awesome, sir. Thank you so much. Who else right now? You're in this place today. Even as I've been speaking this morning, God's been touching your heart. Even as you're watching online right now, God's speaking to your heart. In, in your lounge room, in your bedroom, wherever you are, if God's talking to you, would you just raise your hand as well and say, John, that's me as well. I want to commit my life to Christ. I believe there's at least one more person in the room right now. God's knocking on the door of your heart. Today is the day of salvation for you. Today is your turn to get right with God. And if that's you, would you also... 
surrender today. You've got to humble yourself. If God's going to come and change your life, you've got to humble yourself. You've got to say, I'm at the end of my own ability. I need God to come. I need God to change me. And if that's you, I'm waiting for that one more person. Would you raise your hand as well? Say, that's me today. I need Christ in my life. I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. All right, fantastic. Sir, you can put your hand down. We're all going to pray a prayer together. I'd love you to pray this along with me all together. If you're watching online, you raised your hand. I want you to pray this prayer with me as well. Say these words, dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent me your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross in my place for my sin. I'm sorry for all I've done wrong. I'm turning to you today to follow you, Jesus, with all my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you today that I'm forgiven, born again, adopted into the family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Uh, My two boys, come on up here. One, two. You're here for Father's Day. This is, this is what's going to happen, dads. I, I mean, this is what's going to happen. Uh, kids, if you're in church with your dad, go and find him. Give him a big hug. Do it awkward. If you don't normally do it, do it awkward. Second, second service, I'm going I'm to get my teenage daughter to hug. Uh, and that's lots of fun because she likes to run away from me. It's awkward with dad, but just do it awkward. I, I chase her down and I, I tackle her and, and I hug her because I know if I don't do it, there's some other young punk out there who'll want to. So she needs it from dad first. All right? Uh, I'm like, no, 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 it's me until you're at least 24. Come on, that's what's going on in my home. I'm just telling you right now. Guys, look at me, look at me right now, right now, all right? Just to be clear. My boys, I love, I love the thing with the prodigal son and the father where he runs to him and he hugs him. I've always hugged my boys and it says that he kissed him on the neck. I've always done it. I, they probably feel awkward. <laughs> Slightly weird, isn't it? But they just hug. I love you. I love you, son. I love you, Jackson. Don't touch my butt. You're a schmuck. Come on. Ah, yeah. Come on, Mitch. I love you. Proud of you. I love you. All right, pastor dads, my pastors who I've teed up for this, come on out the front. We're done for time, I know, and there'll be burgers, but just stand up. Whether you're a 55-year-old woman, all of us, just stand up. Whether you're a 13-year-old young guy, dad's not around, whether you're 65-year-old man, and you never got a hug from your dad, then these guys are going to hug you. Ladies, it's safe. They're going to hug you like a daughter. Can be from the side or whatever you're comfortable with. You don't have to come out the front, but I know right now the power of God's in this room to bring healing. There will be healing in this moment. I want us to sing this song, Good, Good Father. 
And just come on out if you want. You, you can go if you need to. I'm really going to kind of officially close the service because we're, we're tied for time. But you can come on out the front right now if you want. Just take a few minutes. Come and believe for the power of God to touch. Father, I thank you. There's healing in this room. There's healing in this room. There's healing in this room. Come on, don't be, don't be afraid. There's healing in this room. There's healing in this room. Go find your dad if he's here. Give him a hug. There's healing in this room. Come on, you've never had a hug from dad? There's healing in this room. Come on, let the power of God come. There's healing. There's deliverance. There's freedom. The power of God's here right now. The power of God's here to touch. The power of God is here for freedom, for freedom, for healing. Come on, let's go strong. It's freedom. There's healing. There's healing. There's healing. Come on, there's healing in this place. There's healing in this place. There's deliverance in this place. Come on, come on. There's freedom in this place. There's healing in this place. Shakam rakam 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 rebe me sarama. Robo robo ra 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 ko. Shakam yatam rekiasa. Rosebo ratia rosa. Sholoboro mora. You're perfect. Shukobo robo rekiala marabura. Shakamama. Suribetia. Healing. Your healing flows. Kam rakam 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 ra. Come on, some of you I know, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's prompting you. Just come and stand. Just come right now. This is a breakthrough moment. 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 Come on. This is a breakthrough moment. The power of God's here. There is deliverance in the house. There is deliverance and healing in the house right now. There's freedom right now. Something's going to shift. Something's shifting. Your perfect Father in heaven is releasing healing right now. He's releasing healing right now. He's releasing healing right now. There's power. There's power. There's power. There's power. Raka, raka, your heavenly Father. You're adopted into His family. There's power. Rebabo Roshama Lebo Shama Rosam Ram 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 Ramba Rebesamamba Abba Father Abba Father Dad God Raka Rekia Roka Rekia Rosamamra Shurosurosakam Roshabama Spirit of God is still here. Some of you lost your dad at a young age. This is not about getting a new dad. This is just about the love of God coming and filling your heart where that gap is. I'm going to leave the band playing just for a little longer. Still, I'm going to leave the guys out here for a little bit longer because the power of God is just here touching. There's healing. There's healing.